0: to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners and custodians of the lands on which we record from today, the peoples of the Kulin Nation. I also pay my respects to the Elders past and present. I extend that respect to the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today.
1: Meet the Source a new podcast from Cappy where hosts Emma Evans and Thurman Wise get to the source of our daily rituals, speaking with entrepreneurs that are changing the face of our day to day. From making our bed to a glass of wine and everything in between, we give you a peek into the leaders making our daily rituals serve us better, support our communities and bring positive change to our surroundings.
0: Hello, and as always, welcome to the Source Podcast with your favorite host, Thurman. And Emma. On today's episode, we will be discussing the ritual of setting the table with Sophie McIntyre from Club Sup. But before we hop into our episode, we have some very exciting news. As some of you might know, we're from Cappy and not to be too branded but we have some big news to celebrate today.
1: We are launching our very first brand film and at a decade old we felt that it was time to really showcase the source really of of where it all comes from which was a big part in bringing this together so bottling at the source in the Victorian highlands working with some of the most amazing people in hospitality in Australia our brand is built on people and connection. So we really wanted to put something together to show you that. And we, we hope you love it. We love it. A few people have shed a tear watching it and it really does mean a lot to us. And we hope it really peels back the curtain and shows you that it's it's so much more than a drinks brand.
0: Absolutely. And I cry every time I watch it, but I'm just a very emotional person. I can't help it. If I, if I hear like a wedding, like the here comes the bride. I cry even if I don't know. But it's also it's also a very beautiful movie that moves me to tears.
1: It is. It's beautiful. And we thank the team at Betty Wants In for working with us, producing with us, helping us when we had to do the reruns of the audio over and over and over, and we all got tongue-tied. But we involved the whole team in the process, and it was just such a fun project for us, and we're so happy now it's out in the world.
0: Yes, and then also a very, very extra thank you to my colleague Lucy Dietz who oversaw the entire production of it with the Betty Wants End team and just did such an amazing job. But enough about enough about our brand film. I could go on forever about it. Let us
1: know what you think. We've, we're loving all the podcast reviews, the good, the bad, the feedback. We love it all. So let us know what you think of the film.
0: And I will say, we did get one of my favorite. Is I'm not sure who who did it, but if you are listening, they you gave us a one star review on the podcast. But a beautiful podcast comment. So I don't know if, you know, you're sending mixed signals or <laughs> maybe it was a typo. But actually, wait, before we before we start off with our episode with Sophie, that one star review reminds me of a time, Emma. Do you remember when we were in Hong Kong and we went to. <laughs> yes,
1: I do. I think it was like a restaurant. <laughs> You accidentally gave them a one stock.
0: <laughs> so the hottest restaurant in Hong Kong,
1: Shady Acres.
0: Shady Acres. <laughs> first of all, we if you're in Hong Shady Kong, Acres. go to Sh- Shady Acres. I'd say when they do world's top fifty best bars, Shady Acres. Shady Acres should be on there. But we went there for the first time ever, and they had they were carrying Cappy, and they were just the guys that run it are so beautiful, and they're so sweet. One of them is from Australia, and he brought on a lot of Australian items for us. Our distributors in Hong Kong also set it all up. And Emma and I went there to have dinner. And I don't know what happened, but I must have, when I Google mapped <laughs> Shady Acres, it must have, I must have but hit, leave a review. And I gave them a three-star review. Three-star. Not two-star, which was always kind of... Mm, not four-star or five-star was amazing. After I ate there, I gave them a three-star review. And they came back to our distributors like, how dare Thurman come here on our opening week and leave us a three-star review? I was crushed. I felt so terrible. So if by it was chance, rectified,
1: It was rectified.
0: Yeah. If the, if the team from Shady Acres is listening, five out of five stars to this day. And if you are listeners in Hong Kong, please go. And on that note,
1: it's time for Sophie and it's time to learn about Club Sup and setting a table.
0: Yes. So without further ado, we are very excited to welcome our guest, Sophie McIntyre, the wonderful creative behind Club Sup, the dinner party series, helping us combat all of that post-COVID loneliness. I'll let you talk a little bit more about that. Sophie, thank you so much for joining us. Hello.
2: Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah clubs up it's it's such a big I don't know it's such a big amazing thing that happened I guess coming out of lockdown in what year is it now it's 2022 so it started in 2021 I think when we were coming out of the 2020 lockdown so many of my friends found themselves really super lonely and the COVID had thrown everything up into the air whereas you know where people were living and what jobs they were doing and like what format their lives were taking completely was just different and everyone was so isolated and I just it kind of broke my heart so I was like okay we have to find a way for people to connect because I mean we talk about romantic relationships and romantic dating until the end of time and that is there's like a million apps to do that and it's so comfortable, but no one was really comfortable going on a friend date or it had like such taboo around it and such, I don't know. It was really weird to be like, hi, do you want to be my friend? Because if you're honest, like when was the last time as an a functioning adult, did you do that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, the t-
0: it's the toughest thing in the world. I remember I used to work, I used to work at this bar. This is like 10 years ago in New York. And as the bartender you'd sit there and so many interesting people would like come through. Mm. And sometimes you'd hear people chatting and you, they were just so amazing. And you want to be like, Hey, yeah. not to, not to come, not to be too forward, mm. but would you like to like grab lunch sometime and maybe yeah. just see if we could be friends and, but you would never do it. Cause it's, there's something really about like, you can't ask a stranger to be a friend.
2: Yeah. And it just really got me thinking why that is and why why that exists. Like it just really, I came out of that lockdown and I moved into a share house that was like the best thing in the world. And it really came out of the blue. And I made some really fantastic friends. And some of them are my closest friends to this day. And yeah, I just was like, this needs to stop. Like we, we cannot come through this pandemic and through this really, really tough time with romantic relationships only being like, a version of success because at the end of the day, like when they break down, you often go to your friends and so in a way they were more important. So I just like, I had to find a way that people could have a space to make friends or at least feel like there's something in like the stratosphere that if they felt alone and if they felt like, you know, there was kind of no way around it, that maybe there might be something and even if you come to clubs up and you don't like meet your best friend because that's definitely not always gonna happen but um even if that like gives you kind of the confidence and like just a bit of like oomph to be like oh hi can I do you want to get a lunch or a coffee or I don't know I just think if it kind of helped people flex that muscle again that maybe they had in university or they had when they've started a new job or something like that to like consciously and actively choose the friendships they want to be in and so i'm
1: curious then how did you just go about starting it then like what were the steps to like that very first clubs up
2: i think a lot of it without sounding you know i don't know Self deprecating, but a lot of naivety. I really just like threw all caution to the wind and just was like, this is happening. I know that this will work and I know that this is a need. And so I just have amazing friends myself, which has obviously been built over a very long time, but they all loved the idea. And so I had five friends across different friendship groups. And I said they each had to invite someone to the first dinner that no one else knew. And so I found a space off Brunswick Street in Fitzroy. And so I wanted it to be as close as possible to what the actual event would be. So just as almost like a trial run, soft launch. So I hosted it, hosted 12 people at this event space and everyone kind of came as a pair because it was five with five and we had a few other people like in. And then I split everyone up. So I was like, the person you've arrived with, you're not sitting next to that person. Like you've come with them. You're going to leave with them. Like you know them. And so I mixed everyone around and then, yeah, just put together three courses, which is pretty, I don't know, pretty easy for me at this point. (laughs) And it was just, it was like the best day ever. Like nothing went wrong. Everything was amazing. Like the food was great. I don't know. I just had this insane strength where I was like carrying, you know, like five kilo tables and like, you know, putting it all into my car by myself, like up at 6am finished at like midnight, but it was the best. And everyone came away with this like insane energy. Like they were really like there was light in their eyes again. They were really like electrified and the noise of the room got so loud towards the end and these were people who previously didn't know each other three hours ago and now they're chatting and then it just spurred on and it just kept rolling and then we did the second one like three weeks later and off one Instagram post, we got 10 complete randoms who wanted to come which was like amazing at the time. And then I just had a few friends to kind of fill it out. And then we did it again. And I remember just thinking like, oh my God, this is like, what have I done? Like I've just signed myself (laughs) up for like the biggest blind date with 10 people that I didn't know. And like to facilitate that dinner was just wild. It was so amazing to watch like that in particular dinner. One of my girlfriends is... Bless her. She's FODMAP, dairy and gluten, like so celiac. And I don't know. I've always wanted to cook for people, you know, who have allergies like that. And I had this one guy message me, and he was like, "Look, this is my trifecta. Can I come?" And I was like, "You absolutely have to come, because Cara's coming, and that's her trifecta as well." So I like sat them together. And they just bonded (laughs) over (laughs) their allergies. And then I just remember them both, like, walking away and being, like, even if they, like, didn't connect after, like, I think they both really relished in the fact that they'd met someone just like them. And I think, like, when you're going through a hard time or something's a bit weird in your life and you meet someone who's going through that, like, exact set of troubles, you kind of feel less alone. So that was kind of how the first two started and then from there it just like snowballs
0: i think like lucky enough i've had the opportunity to go to a club sup and it's absolutely like one of the most beautiful mm. kind of situations that i've been around and it's funny because i went into it thinking it was all about the food mm. which was delicious mm. the food was fantastic the drinks mostly cappy highballs were fantastic <laughs> as well <laughs> I think the two things that really got me about it was it was all about connection and meeting new people. Mm. But one of the biggest things and the ritual that we were exploring today was the setup, the set, the setting of the space was so perfectly done Mm. and all, and even all the work that you put into the beginning of it to make it feel like a safe space. Mm. Like, and maybe you can talk a little bit more about how you do it, but it was like the lighting was perfect. Mm. The music, the playlist was Killer and the way like (laughs) the table was set up so beautifully, and it was like it was a place that was set up to allow people to connect.
2: Like, that was always and still is so important to me. Like, I think in the way that the table skates the clubs up have gone, like, very much a product of their environment. So, like, the first ones were very clean and very just completely stripped back, there was paper on tables. And I think that I mean, even at your one, there was paper on tables and pens so that if you're nervous, there's something to do and there's something to talk about. And, you know, so that very just stripped back, but very making like making sure that all of the lighting was forever warm, because I don't know about you, but some of the best dinner parties I've been to or best restaurants even are where the lighting is super warm and dim and, you know, not really in your face. And you know, when the lighting is at that level and you're a bit nervous, I think maybe you feel like you can hide a little bit and you're not so exposed. So I think that was really important. And I think creating that space and that feeling that you were in a home almost was super important to me. And I think like working with Ben at my house, like which was the one that you were at Thurman, like that was all him. Like he has, such an amazing eye you know I definitely sought his place out because I knew that it would be such an amazing space
0: I mean that is a challenge right like uh, the thought of going somewhere alone Mm. I know I mean some people thrive on it Mm. I sort of do I think
1: yeah I think you do I'm more introverted yeah definitely but I've had my fair share of experiences we used to travel a lot for Cappy Mm -hmm. and I think, like, the more ambitious drive of me would overtake the nerves of, like, Mm. just going to a country and knowing absolutely no one and having to, like, turn up to meetings and wing it. But, yeah, in a dinner setting, I feel Mm. like I would be the quiet one at a table.
2: Yeah, it's funny how, Emma, like, the quiet ones always end up being, (laughs) like, the people who are like, let's go to Hope Street after this, like, (laughs) you know. Like I remember we had one girl who like her eyes were just so wide and she was so frozen and everyone was like really getting amongst it and like having a wine and enjoying and like really chatting and introducing themselves and she just like couldn't. She was just like just frozen and I was like, just can you do like one thing? I was like, be the first person to go to the table. So she was like first person to the table and then everyone followed her and that kind of like gave her the confidence. And then uh, it came back after the main and she's like got arms on tables. She's like talking to someone across the table, (laughs) down like the other end. And then like at the end of dessert, she's like organized everyone to go for a drink after. So I don't know. It's always the quiet ones that you least expect.
0: (laughs) I feel like that's always the same. It's always the quiet ones.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: get into the most trouble are the smartest are the most fun.
2: Yeah. I think they just like, they sit back and then when they're ready, they'll go. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. And then is there anything
1: like, obviously it takes a lot, I guess, energetically as well to like be the host and to run the events. Is there anything you do to kind of get in the zone before they're all about to walk in the door?
2: The first thing I do when I get there is set the table always, because that to me is like, such a space that like needs to be calm. And so like once I've prepped all the food and it's kind of at a good spot, like the setting the table is the best fun. And it's like writing down everyone's names and like this weird feeling of like just knowing where people should sit. I don't know, something happens and I'm like, okay, this is my list of who's coming tonight. And then I mix the table accordingly. And to make sure it's just, like, a good balance and, like, no one who is coming together is sitting together. And, yeah, I think just setting the table, lighting the candles, you know, doing the plates, napkins, making sure they all look the same and just making sure the tablecloth is nice. And then I think then always, like, the starter is always shared. So I think, like, putting that together and having that done And kind of out and ready so that as soon as people get there, they're like, oh, great, I can do something with my hands. (laughs) (laughs) I can eat something or I can like, you know, and yeah, just like kind of getting the wine and water and all those things kind of just in a visible area for people to be like, oh, cool, there's something I can do if, you know, I'm not ready to talk yet.
0: And I imagine always someone shows up early and like throws you off. Or not throws you off, but it's like if you have those things ready, even if someone shows up early, yeah. you're
2: okay. Although I do it very early so that even if they did, that's why I do it as my first thing. And that's why I do it in a moment of calm because there's probably nothing worse when, you know, when you go to like a friend's house and you have dinner, you're having dinner with them and they're like, sorry, like we're 10 minutes behind on like. This, or, like when you're hosting, and you're like, "I haven't set the table, and then that's the thing you kind of wanted to do the most. So that's why I'm like, get it done. and i I just enjoy it. It's probably the thing I enjoy most about the entire process, is setting the table because, like, for the entire evening, so much is happening around that table. Like so many conversations are being had, you know, so, yeah. But, yeah, there's always one. But at the same time, I'm very strict. Like I can't – like if I'm not ready, they're not. We don't open the door. No, I just don't open the door, which is horrible. But I think what's also – like I'm really <laughs> cheeky about it because two things, right? If they're early, they're just talking to me, which is, like, boring. But if the, they're early and they're downstairs and they meet someone downstairs waiting – it forces them to like be like hey you hear the clubs up and then then they like are walking in being like oh, i've got a buddy we came here at the same time like you know it's just this really cheeky tact that i do that i'm like yeah
0: it's so cool that you have that strategy because oh, yeah. someone would just be like hmm doors not." What a a random encounter that I get to hear (laughs) before, you know, like.
2: Yeah, I do so many cheeky things to make people talk. Like for so long, I would only do one thing of butter and I would do like this gorgeous whipped butter (laughs) and it would be like stacked so high and it would be like this like, like voluminous like butter and I would be like, there's just one. Because how many times when you go to a dinner that maybe you don't know and like if you have to ask someone at the other end of the table for like the Just salt don't eat it. or the butter, <laughs> Emma, you like, you have to talk to someone that you're not, you otherwise wouldn't. And so I like make something that like everyone loves, like super like valuable.
0: That's so cool.
1: <laughs> that actually has happened to me at a recent dinner with like chips, you know, when like the ball of chips <laughs> look so good. And like you take one cause you're just not really sure, but then they're on the other end and they never come back.
2: <laughs> but yeah. That, and that's why the food is always shareable because, and it's always usually just one plate. Cause like, you know when, I don't know, I grew up in a big family and everyone was like, I need some of that. I need some of this, like pass this to me. And that is like creating a conversation in itself. And it's like this really like amazing thing where it's like, do you have enough? Like it makes people kind of care about strangers. Like, do you have enough of like the fish? Do you have enough salad? Are you okay? Like, I don't know. It just recreates this really nice environment being cheeky like that. I don't know. I find it's for me, it's hilarious.
0: I'm never going to think I like, honestly, now, anytime I see a table set, I'm going to be like, this isn't, a, there's, there's a strategy yeah. Of yeah. connecting the dots. It's like, why are there three butter jars yeah. on this
2: table? I mean, I'm sure in a regular restaurant, like it's all in abundance. And, but yeah, I think clubs up, I would definitely do things like that, where you had to ask someone on the other end of the table for it.
0: This episode has been brought to you by Alex and Trehanis, the lifestyle store and design studio that brings moments of the Mediterranean staggering beauty to your tabletop, home, and wardrobe. Specializing in bold hand-painted ceramics from Italy and inspired by languid long lunching, sun-filled terraces, and seaside trattorias. Visit them online at alexandtrehanis.com or at their bricks and mortar store, 257 Oxford Street in Paddington, New South Wales. I mean, with all of this and all the strategy behind your setup, (laughs) if like for for our listeners, if you had to give like three, three tips in you know, like having the perfect setup or like getting something ready to like for the perfect dinner party, what three tips would you, would would you give them?
2: Always just your table is a representation of you and don't overdo it. So like, I don't know. I'm just a really, Minimalist, clean, white, crisp table, beautiful flowers. I love candles. I don't know. I just think always do the table as like the first thing you ever do for the day, personally. Like, even Christmas, first thing I do because it's always the thing you get a bit flustered about. And then I would always do as much prep as you can before anyone arrives, like as much as you can. So you know, cut everything up, you know, make sure everything is kind of like, okay, all I need to do is pull that out and let it rest and cut it and that's it. Like I guess it's easier said than done, but it really helps if you really just like prep as much as you can. And I know sometimes when you're like hosting, it feels crazy getting ready so early, but yeah. And I would also say, make sure you get yourself ready. You're there if you're hosting Friends, like, make sure you carve out some time to like do your hair. Make sure your outfit is feeling nice. I don't know. I feel like that is something I often forget to do, and I'm always just like in a kitchen with an apron on, and then I'm like, everyone looks beautiful, and I've just (laughs) been like cooking all day, and yeah, now I've started to really kind of be like, no, I'm getting ready. I'm gonna, you know, get ready for this dinner as if I'm a guest, and then yeah prepare everything because yeah you're still there and you're still there to enjoy it so yeah i think that's my thing prepare the table prepare yourself and prepare the food prep prep is my theme (laughs) absolutely yeah i really like
0: the i really like the idea too of like the prepare yourself because i think and like emma and i have had conversations about this outside of the setting of the Mm. table or the kitchen but it's like if you don't feel good about yourself and if you're not happy with yourself and if you're mm. not vibing mm. yourself, you can't really be present or you can't really be...
2: Yeah, if you feel comfortable, you're going to have fun. Your guests are going to have fun. Yeah, I think it's... I can't agree more. It's super important.
0: And so with that in mind, I'm. we've talked a ton about Club Sup, but what are like, I guess like in your daily life, you know, what are some of the things or rituals that you do to take time for yourself or to be inspired or
2: I think it's a hundred percent exercise whether it be like walking or like spin or a hit class like I think that's something I definitely came out of the pandemic for me like it just became such a thing I did every day so I think now as like a hangover from that I feel weird if I don't do it and I think more on like a weekly level like I kind of feel weird if I haven't had like a day where I'm like go to the market just look around and maybe just cook something just for me and whether that's like an omelette it's nothing crazy whether you know it could just be something new it could be I don't know I think or just something that i haven't cooked in a really long time like something that's really comforting i think it's mindful like it's yeah i think that i love those moments which are rare
1: i'm going to admit that yeah. you're sitting there <laughs> alone eating not at your laptop not with the tv on and not on your phone mm. just sitting eating mm. whether you're looking or you're just slowly enjoying it i know this it can sound quite bizarre but it's actually cathartic mm. and therapeutic and and it is putting you into that moment with yourself completely present. And I'm sure it's the same for you when you're also cooking mm. that kind of slowing down.
2: Yeah. And I like read recipes a lot. So when I read things and then I kind of, I'm like, but that's like a time to be creative that I'm like, Oh, I read about this. That could work. This ingredient could work. And then I kind of either I make the recipe or if I, or I do a version of it and that just in itself is like, no, you get very proud of yourself and you get in the terms that like you're nourishing yourself and you know through food as well as just your mind like you're really taking it time to be I guess very present like whether it's like a baking porridge in the morning and you're like you know what today I'm gonna put lemon zest in this and it's like the tiniest thing It's
1: also good though when you nail porridge because it can go terribly (laughs) wrong.
2: Totally, but it's just like, you know, those little things where you're like, that's like a little bit something fancy I can do for me today. Yeah, I think food is my ritual.
0: I mean, I think it's one of those funny things though too where it's like our society is so rush, rush, rush Mm. and it's about like connection. Are you networking? Oh, I Mm. saw you. It's like LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Mm. It's all about like these really quick movements and, when you have that time to just slow for a second Um, and
2: yeah it's pretty funny that my main love is cooking slow and cooking calmly and then out of this has come real connection (laughs) whereas if you think about what you just said about like LinkedIn Facebook Instagram like so surface level like you could think that you could make connection like these apps exist for connection right but it's not servicing us
0: but i think it's again it's that thing of starting with yourself Mm. like you started with yourself you do what you love and the fruits of that Mm. labor are achieved
2: yeah absolutely
1: but i think also to that point through the pandemic like what you said starting with thinking about loneliness and the fact that we need connection at multiple levels with with new people and you know i feel like as well you know as a leader even just with my team every team meeting we had people were having less and less to talk about because it was Mm -hmm. the same group of people What are you watching on Netflix? What did you do on the weekend? Are you getting away from your computer? Mm. Which is all really important and great. And maybe we, you know, in some instances talk about all the positives that came out of the pandemic a lot, but there is so many things that are going to be long-term issues for Mm. people that have to break through. And one of them is, yeah, like you said, it's like coming out of the dark, like we've lived in a cave Mm. and we have to like figure out how to be human again. But I also love what you said about, well, when's the last time you made a new friend just because. Yeah. So I'm really curious about then where do you want to see Club Sub go?
2: I think definitely more dinners would be amazing. I'd love to be able to like scale it. Because at the end of the day, to like get this off the ground, it is a cost. And it always makes me feel really uncomfortable about out, like, pricing people out of that connection. Mm-hmm. And so I'd love to find a way to like make it more accessible. When we kind of had a bit of momentum last year, we started PubSup, which was a pub dinner for everyone who had come to a ClubSup. And so we Uh booked out like the top level of marquee and everyone just came and had a pub meal and they like knew a friendly face. So I'd love to do more of those, but a lot of it's just like in and out of lockdown. So like hopefully this year we are very much away from lockdown world and we can really get into it. But I think also I would just love to personally like dive more into understanding the loneliness and also understanding like what it means to people and what loneliness does to you and really understanding like how people present in their loneliness I think and just understanding like Mm -hmm. the mental toll and like then structuring I guess activities around the things that are missing so I'm kind of waiting for like more research to be done in Victoria especially about mental health and the mental state of victorians because they've done a lot in the states especially in new york about during the you know like 2020 about how lonely like in new york you had like 1500 people in your outer ring and that outer ring like represented the same purpose as like your closest five friends and like your outer ring gives you so much happiness they like reflect back to you who you are and, you know, it helps you feel like you can change your identity and all those kinds of things and like understand who you are and flesh new things out. So I think kind of building that community. Yeah. I just think building clubs up as a bigger community and like making sure that it's sustained in like not a forced way so that people feel like their web is a little bit bigger and it has been in the last two years
0: i mean community I, I feel like we've said it now several times in different podcast episodes but it's just so beautiful to continue to hear people wanting to build community mm. and break away from this idea that it's all about yourself and i think for me it's you know one of the interesting things about moving to australia from the u.s is in the u.s and not to make comparisons but i i at least grew up in the u.s where it's like you're number one you're mm. the best you can do whatever you can do whatever you want mm. and it's this. it was very much this attitude of like you and you and you and and just to hear now this shift toward it's about us and it's about we and how can i build community it, it's just so i feel it's so refreshing
2: yeah well i think like i think a lot of anxiety comes out of you, you, you and me 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 and i think having just people around sharing your experience or learning from others always helps and creates like a very warm environment. And I think, yeah, I think post pandemic, like, I think it happened in during the pandemic where everyone was like banding together to like support each other's mental health and support each other through a really tough time. And I think definitely people want to continue to see that. And I think like, that's why clubs up has been received so well. Yeah, I just think people don't want to lose that momentum. Hmm.
0: I feel like secretly I want to do a collaboration with you, Sophie, called Club Sandwich.
2: <laughs> what are we doing with Club Sandwich?
0: <laughs> it's just, you know, like little <laughs> – little it's like a, a super cheap lunch. Yeah. Little sandwich.
2: Nice. That would be
1: fun. It's you just honestly – it's my,
0: it's my favorite.
1: And just go for a walk. You could do like a yeah. walking club sup with a sandwich. Yeah them um, loves to walk
2: my friend works at stan's deli maybe we should organize that ah, there you that go that would be fun
0: Jess <laughs> also shout out to stan's deli i go to <laughs> hear yoga on occasion and i go to stan's deli yeah. every saturday it is a slice of heaven <laughs> this place
2: yeah shout out to shout out to georgie who makes
0: amazing music amazing coffee amazing sandwiches
2: yeah. Amazing cookies from Georgia. I'll, I'll
0: have to take you, Emma. <laughs> it's
2: so good. I love cookies.
1: I yeah.
0: had a Dijon mustard chocolate chip with sea salt cookie there. That is the mm. best cookie I've ever had in my entire life.
2: I like Georgie and I will be hanging out and she'll be like, I've thought of something. And I'm like, okay, write it down.
1: <laughs> I think that's interesting though because it connects back to what you were saying before around you know scaling and we're not going to Run the finances on this podcast, but I'm sure we've all seen in instagram this you know those this these like quotes where it's like you know go to a yoga class twenty dollars mm, not really sure, but like buy a new pair of shoes, a hundred dollars okay, cool, no worries, like mm. it's like spend a hundred dollars a hundred and fifty dollars to make a new friend that you could have for life yeah. and people are hesitating. Like I'm not saying people are hesitating, but in in that thought process of hesitation, of the value. And I think, you know, if anything, through COVID, people should think about what they value
2: Mm. and
1: where they spend their time and their money as they move forward because we all can admit that we wastefully or unmindfully spend or consume Mm. and I think – Really, that that could almost be your tagline. <laughs> you could make a friend. We've just a
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I think like that's where I come full circle on it, and I'm like, it makes me feel very uncomfortable, m- like making money out of connection and making, you know. So it's like I think that's something I have to reconcile with. But
1: yeah, a value. It's a value exchange. It's a yeah. value exchange.
0: No, but it it goes across. Like I mean, mindfulness is a big thing for myself mm. and also for Emma. And, you know, it's like there's teachers teaching breath work or meditation or yoga, and they have to put a value on that so that they can make the money that they need to to live. And so to some degree, you don't want to like say, oh, I'm charging for health, or I'm charging to bring you closer mm. to awareness. Yeah. Because it it does seem kind of funny when you start to put a number on it. But at the end of the day, like everyone needs to eat. Everyone needs a roof.
2: Yeah. And I think like at the end of the day, like it feels really rewarding. Like I have Julia who works in the cafe office and this was before anything. She came to a club sub and I see her (laughs) on Instagram with three people that she met at club sub like once a month and they're having dinner and they're like, like they're a tight little crew, and they hang out, and like to to me that is just like the most amazing thing to watch that happen. Like actual friendships flourishing from it, and they're being sustained. And I think yeah, I think at the end of the day, like it brings so many people together. It opens people's minds. Like if I had a dollar for every time someone said to me, I didn't think I'd have so much fun as they did. It's so funny. I wish everyone could like come and just watch how people start and how people leave because you could like, almost do like a photo face before yeah, and after. I know. And it's like people come really defensive and really up, like really like wound tight. And then, the, and I don't know if it's got anything to do with wine, might have like a <laughs> tiny part to do with it, but I don't know. Everyone just leaves, just so like. Vibrant and so like their eyes are so wide and they just like they're walking taller and they're like they're they're looser and their arms are swaying and yeah it's just very interesting. So yeah, I think to scale it would be amazing and more accessible. And I think that like especially with pubs up, it would be very good to create like another touch point. Like if you don't feel like you're comfortable being like, hey let's go have a one-on-one coffee or like a walk. If you're like, oh, hey, you're going to this next week. I'll see you there. Like, it's just like that. It's like dating. It's like friend dating. <laughs> so we'll have club sup, pub sup, and sandwich sup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of sups.
0: <laughs> no, no. Club sandwich. Our club sandwich. Oh,
2: club sandwich. That's right. Because it's a you're club gonna sandwich. It. It. Yeah, bring back, yeah. Bring back the club sandwich.
0: All about it. And we can yeah. play disco. <laughs> It could be, it could be a dance party with sandwiches.
2: Yeah. That sounds like fun.
0: (laughs) The after hours club, club sandwich. Yeah.
2: I always wanted to do like a breakfast. I feel like that would be fun.
1: Well, we can't wait to see what is in store. I think it's very needed and it's, you know, really driving connection and friendship, which is amazing. And I'm sure inspiring a lot of people. But what we're finding our listeners are loving is finding out from our guests, what other brands and businesses out there at the moment that inspire you and that you look to for inspiration?
2: I am not really, I know that sounds crazy, but I'm not a brands person. I'm that classic love the aesthetic Instagrams because that is where I think when we can't travel through the pandemic, like that's where I'm getting a lot of my inspiration at the moment. So I think like so many amazing restaurants have started overseas in like the last six months and especially even here in Melbourne. But I would say like, obviously Layla Goha, Layla cooks, like she's everyone's inspiration. Max Russia, he is the brother to you know the brand Russia Russias. And he started an amazing cafe, I think called Cafe Cecilia in London, and that is like the most amazing thing. It's just stripped back, weekly menu, like very clean, like pub vibe, but high-end dining. Yeah, I have just so many Instagrams. I need to find them, but they're I'm a very much an Instagram saved person and I rarely I don't think I really reach out to brands often which I know that's very different but yeah I think like restaurants and like you know the Instagram tables 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 don't but do now okay so (laughs) basically tables 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 is I think just like me in a nutshell it is just dining tables all over the world whether it be restaurants home tables and it's, I guess, an aesthetic page for tables, dining tables, tablescapes. It's amazing. It's phenomenal. It's gorgeous. But yeah, I think always like Layla Gohal. And then I think even like locally, like the usual, like Hamish Monroe, clean brands that are very accessible and, you know, you could bring them into your life and you could also put some of your life in them. Mm i like that and like pan after just clean Mm -hmm. just clean things that are like stand the test of time that aren't you know aren't just for now you know and i think
0: the time yeah
2: and i think like even it's funny my one so like georgie who works it stands she came to a clubs up and we actually became friends over like Dying over Alex and trahana's plates, <laughs> <laughs> like that is how we became friends. Like we were like, how? Like we? So she had a plate and I had a plate from Alex and trahana's and I had on the table. And she was like, I have this plate, and I was like, We're gonna be friends. I'm like, You get me. <laughs>
0: it's all about the table setting. But yeah, it was
2: the yellow face plate, and we were just like, you know, and we were talking about like summers in Italy, and we we're not just like started such a conversation i think brands that aren't for now and that you can just keep forever and that really come with you and like so many like mud things that i have for like ages that just always are there and they're good quality mm-hmm. and they're amazing not really one for lots of color mm-hmm.
0: well i feel like i have to get on instagram as soon as we're done and add
2: <laughs> yeah tables 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 it's like tables underscore tables underscore tables
0: well sophie thank you so much for the chat today i think i've learned all my new tips and tricks for the next dinner party hopefully someone else will come cook for me because i'm terrible <laughs> at
2: it you should just like do a collab like you can set up the vibe and then just get someone to cook or just like your Perfect. famous prawn cocktail just do that
0: <laughs> prawn cocktail and a martini yeah You're, i'm Done.
2: good i'll come
0: thank you so much for tuning in today to hear our amazing discussion with the wonderful sophie from club sup as always if you enjoyed our chat and want to find out more please subscribe and in two weeks please tune in as we speak with Manon from little green panda until then have a beautiful day ciao ciao
1: thanks bye thank bye